Jazz Friday Nights. Here on Three Valleys Radio, that means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. usual guests on the show tonight. We'll be having a look at the start proper of the National Hunt season. And Colin Brown and Dave Wilson and Simon Holt, they'll all be here to give you their tips for the weekend. Good evening and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. And I say this every week and I shall carry on saying it this week. Let's start off the show with all the news from Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes racing TV, the racing post and the sporting life. I'm Mike Patton and here's this week's first story. Tony Martin has been fined a total of €1,750 and Patsy's honour has been disqualified from a down-royal bumper he won in January after testing positive for triamcinoline acetonide, which is used to treat skin conditions and banned on race days. Patsy's honour was administered with 10 milligrams of the medication on December 21st as well as 20 milligrams of Mepidor, a medication containing the local anaesthetic Mepivacaine. The horse had surgery previously as a yearling for osteochondritis dissecans in the stifle. Martin had left a withdrawal time of 34 days, but the drug still showed up in Patsy's Honor's sample on the day of the race on January 25th. Dr Lynn Hillier, Head of Anti-Doping and Chief Veterinary Officer for the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board said there were a number of possibilities and explanations as to why the medication was present in the blood sample a month after the treatment. She said the medication was administered into stifles which are known to be complex joints. Alternatively, it was possible that it was not administered into the joint, but instead into some denser tissue from which its excretion was prolonged, or that the other drugs administered on the same day interfered with its excretion, and that the gelding's pre-existing joint pathology prolonged the excretion of the drug. In the hearing, Martin explained that he had considered a number of entries for the horse, but waited 34 days following treatment before running the six-year-old at Down Royal. Having considered the evidence, Lawrence McFerrin, who is the chairman of the referrals committee, said they did not believe to be any malice intended on the part of Martin, but fined him €1,500 as he was responsible for the welfare, training and running of all horses under his care. During an unannounced inspection of Martin's stable on February the 14th this year, the medicines register was reviewed, and while there was evidence of records being kept, a period between December the 18th and January the 3rd had no records. Martin was fined a further €250 Euros for that breach. 
next, here on The Racing News. Wonder Mare Alpinista passed her stiffest test with flying colours to win the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe for Sir Mark Prescott and Luke Morris. It was an eighth success in a row for the five-year-old, who is unbeaten in the last two seasons. She was always travelling strongly in the rain-softened ground, led around a furlong and a half from home and held on bravely from Vandini and last year's winner Torca Tortasso. I'm lucky to get a good one at this stage of my career, the winning trainer joked afterwards. Alpinista, owned and bred by Kirsten Rousing, was backed down to favouritism as the rain fell and was winning her sixth straight Group 1. Prescott added, Luke's ridden for me for 11 years. Miss Rawsing's had horses with me for 36, so I'm very lucky, aren't I? It's hard to think of a better day. Reflecting on the closing stages, he said, You felt she was always going to win, but it was just an enormous relief when she got there. The outcome was better news for backers than layers, as Paddy Power spokesman Paul Binfell said. A 7-2 favourite grey mare winning the arc might have been a fairy tale result for punters, but it was a poor result for us, with backers not being able to get enough of her all the way to the off. Prescott, aged 74, is in his 52nd year as a trainer, having sent out his first winner when Belle Royale scored at Teesside Park in 1971. Alpinista is only the second five-year-old mare to win the arc, following Corrida in 1937. She passed the post half a length clear under Morris, who has twice won the Prix de la Baie on this card, but was riding the biggest winner of his career. He said, I think this is the pinnacle of my career. It's an unbelievably special day. There are not many times I get teary-eyed, but I was having to hold back tears today. Things went to plan. It was very nice and smooth. I was concerned after we got all that rain whether she'd be quite as effective, but she is a remarkable mare. She's so versatile and so tough. I couldn't believe how well she was going coming into the straight. I was just trying to conserve her for as long as I could. When I needed her, she dug in very deep. Anti-post favourite Luxembourg, trained by Aidan O'Brien, could only finish seventh a place ahead of a stablemate broom and a main japanese hope title holder came home 11th having forced the pace from the off and next here on the racing news the arc produced a trend-busting result with alpinista becoming the first five-year-old mayor to triumph since 1937 and the abbe also broke the norm as the platinum queen had just enough petrol in the tank to provide the midland park racing syndicate with a moment to cherish the richard fahi trained filly emulated siggy who in 1978 was the last juvenile winner of the art day sprint Holly Doyle, who rode the Platinum Queen, was quizzed in the post-race press conference if she knew when the last successful two-year-old was, and the jockey was spot on, despite a nervous tone to her voice when answering the question. Second on Nashua in the Prix de l'Opera in the race immediately before the Abbaye, Doyle dictated affairs on the Platinum Queen, whose brazen speed was evident when she bolted up in a conditions race at Glorious Goodwood. That convinced connections to have a crack at older sprinters in the Nunthorpe, and their pride and joy lost little when finishing a fine second to the top-class Highfield Princess.
The daughter of Cote Glory was then second back against her own age group in Doncaster's Flying Childers, but metaphorically on a rain-soaked Longchamp afternoon, had her day in the sun when just lasting out from fellow Yorkshire Raider, White Lavender and close third, Coeur de Pierre. She's done brilliantly, said Doyle, whose mount was getting £21 from most of the field. She had a bit up her sleeve and had the race put to bed but idled half a furlong out. Luckily, I had some company and she stuck her neck out again. Her biggest asset is her speed and she was either going to go on this ground or wasn't, but thankfully it worked out well. All credit to Mr Fahey, who is an exceptional trainer of this type of horse. I was fairly confident, but it's been a few years since a two-year-old has taken this race. Deflecting credit for the glory, Doyle added, she's danced every dance. It's a big win for the owners of Midland Park, and they're a great syndicate, and they've got plenty of horses across the country. It's a big day for them. I got beaten on Nashua in the previous race, so to ride a winner in the next is great, but that's racing. It's up and down. Most definitely up was syndicate member Trevor Kilby, who was seen on TV on his knees in jubilation immediately after the race. He said, I was lucky to go to Newmarket for the Breeze Up sales as a guest of a different syndicate. We saw every horse breeze and walk. I was in the bar in the evening and came up with the idea of an amazing name, the Platinum Queen. Carl Burke told me I had to reserve the name there and then. I saved it and said to different syndicates, if you buy the right horse, I've got the right name, and Midland Park Racing bought the right horse. This has been this week's Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, and that includes Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, thanks for listening, and join us again next time. Uh, Thanks to Mike Padden there for all the racing news. Now let's see where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well there are seven races over the jumps at Hexham with a 1.18 start. Seven races on the flat at York with a 1.30 start. Seven races over the jumps at Chepstow with a 1.42 start. Seven races on the flat at Newmarket with a 1.50 start. And seven races on the flat at Chelmsford on the all-weather with a 5.25 start. And on Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Fosslas with a 1.25 start. Seven races on the flat at Goodwood with a 1.50 start. Six races on the flat on the all-weather at Southall with a 2.15 start. And there's some racing at Pardubis in the Czech Republic. Now, a while ago, I had a good old chat with uh, ITV Racing's Luke Harvey, and we talked to Luke about his uh, his early days in, in racing and when he first got on a horse, and it makes for quite entertaining listening. Luke, I want to go back, Reed, to when you, you know, when did you, what's your first recollection of getting on a horse? Well, um, I originally come from Devon, um, a place called Bampton, which is sort of between Exeter and Taunton, mm-hmm. and... I'm the eldest of seven, believe it or not. Um, and we, we, we had a very small farm. Unfortunately, mother and father both passed away, but we had a small farm and dad was probably the worst farmer there ever was. Um, and we had sort of bullocks and sheep and what have you. And then we started having a pony or two. Um, and then mum, mum and dad both rode, but you know, nothing to do with racing or what have you. So, 
as kids, you either sort of rode or you got left at home, really. <laughs> so everyone, everyone learned to ride. So although my brothers and sisters, no one else has, has carried on riding horses, um, we all rode as children. Um, not, not, not good, expensive ponies. They were normally bought from extra market and always had some sort of kink about them and would rear or buck or do whatever. But that, that's how, that's how my, my love started for horses. I, was, I sort of got traipsed around all the local shows, went hunting um, down in Devon and sort of learned to ride it, you know, make a mistake, fall off, then learn by your errors rather than having an instructor telling you to sit straight, keep your back straight and your heels down. So it was a, it was a you know, a rough and ready start, if you like. How old would you have been at that point then, uh, Luke? Oh, I rode. I rode from. Look, I rode from probably when I was three, four, five. You know, mum, 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 mum kept a diary, um, and when I was seven, I'd written in this diary that all I ever wanted to do was be a jockey, um, and so my literally my whole life was geared around that. That's my excuse. That's just that's just sort of. Uh, um, code for saying that I didn't do very well at school because I always had an <laughs> ulterior motive. You and I have got a few things in common because I didn't either. <laughs> GCSEs, what are they? Um... Oh, I no, I didn't. I mean, literally, the only the only qualifications that I've got, I've got my Pony Club B test and about a 25 metres breaststroke badge. That's about it. <laughs> Fair enough. That's one better than me because I haven't got a breaststroke badge. <laughs> 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 I'd sink like a stone. Um, you were you were born in Hatfield though, in Hertfordshire. So how did you get from Hatfield in Hertfordshire down to, to uh, Bampton? Yeah, well, well, mum and dad met uh, in Hertfordshire. So, but I was only in, I, I, I've barely any recollection of of living. You know, I was in sort of Welling Garden City, just outside, and uh, mm. yeah. So, so mum and dad came down there with um, with mum's mum and 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 bought this sort of small holding. It was about 80, 80, 90 acres, and and that's where we all we all settled. It was, it was in some ways an idyllic lifestyle. We had no money, you know. If we had three school dinners, it was comprehensive. So you know, it, we were we were living on a budget to say the least. But you didn't. It's you know, it's a completely different age that we live in now. But we didn't really have outside friends from school because when you got seven people, seven kids, there's a, there's enough people to play with without doing anything. So we, yeah. you know. We, we did our own thing there and um yeah i don't know we were sort of I, you know it's it, it, it's it's funny how you know things change but you know a lot of my brothers now live in live in london and you know we're all doing different things so yes but it was a, a brilliant brilliant childhood but horses were were always always at the forefront of everything i did whether it be leisure you know you know latterly late years at 15 16 at school I, you know i'm not proud to say it, but you know i didn't go very often <laughs> I was just—I had a couple—I had a couple of pointer pointers, and I just thought, well, look, <laughs> this is what I want to do. It's no point me learning about history, geography, and what have you when all I want to do is ride horses. Well, it seems to have all panned out quite successfully, anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> some might some might argue that, but uh, yeah, no, it—it'll never be out of my mind when you when you hit, talk to different people. You're down here on holiday, and say, just chatting to people. To do something you genuinely enjoy, and I have done since I was since I started work, you know, there's never been a day when I haven't got up and thought, "Yeah, let's kick on." And you know, it's I've been very, very lucky. So, <clears throat> Tiverton School then, uh, and your one GCSE, I think I've read picked up from somewhere. Um, 
you know, did you did you get any encouragement from the from the horse side of things that, from the school or not, or did you just go off and do your own thing and that was it? No, the complete opposite, actually. I mean, when I was, you know, I'm 55 now, so it's an awful long time ago that I was at school. But it was looked upon as, from, from, from my sort of friends at school, as it was a girl's thing to do, it was a sissy thing to do. People yeah. just didn't, didn't do it, you know. Yeah. You know, we used to have the mick taken at me for riding, for riding ponies and what have you. But, you know, it, I was totally single-mindedly determined to make a jockey. You know, I, I, mm. I just couldn't. I couldn't see myself doing anything else, um, and you know, I, the minute I could, I left. I left school at sixteen, and and immediately um, left left Devon and went to Captain Tim Forster's. Moved into a into the lads' hostel um, because I'd never been away from home. I can't remember ever spending a night away from Luttrell Farm, where where we lived. Yeah. Um, so to go up there was it was quite a shock to the system. Um, and but mum said I wasn't allowed to come home for six weeks, and I don't mind admitting I I probably cried for most of the first two or three. Um, I was I was terribly homesick. But once once I got into it, I don't think I could honestly say I've had a better sort of five or six years of my whole life. It was a yeah, obviously the, the trainer captain force army background. So there was a sort of a how I'd imagine a boarding school would be and. You know, it's, it's very, there were, there were no ifs and buts. You start at six o'clock in the morning, first slot pulled out at half past seven, not at 25 past or 25 to. We said, good morning, sir. Um, everyone was sir or madam. And yeah, it was, although very structured of what we did, it, it was absolutely brilliant, brilliant fun. And, you know, if, if anything, that's where I, where I got my work ethic from, I think, from those, from those early years. You know, whatever nightclub or wherever we found ourselves uh we were always in work on time because if you didn't turn up someone else had to do your work so they made sure you were out of bed so yeah it, yeah it was, it was really good for me and um presumably the fact that tim foster was a, a jump trader was the way you went in in that you went jump jockey as opposed to flat jockey yeah although i'm i'm look i probably only weigh 10 stone now um but Lucky i you. was yeah, I know, but I was still when when I when I left school, I was about eight eight and a half stone. So I was always I was always going to be pushing it by the time I got a bit bigger to actually um, to actually ride on the flat. But no, uh, my 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 roots have always been jumping things, whether it's logs in the woods, show jumps, cross country. You know, I that that was always the way I was going to go. Um, and it was, yeah, it was it was an interesting one. You know, when I moved into the um, when I moved into the the hostel. You know, on the the room opposite me, there's a guy called Richard Westrop, who's now a uh, one of the stewards, chief steward, stipendary stewards for the uh, British Horse Racing Authority. Uh, two doors down was Michael Caulfield, who's now one of the leading uh, sports psychologists. So there was a, there was a the real cross section of people. Mm. Um, you know, when you go into racing, not not everyone wants to be a jockey, although I did. You know, some people just want to work with horses and and you know better themselves in in the job that they've got, and so. Yeah, it was it was quite a mixture. Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, I, I, again, I read somewhere I think that you your first ride was this. Whether this was under rules or point to point, I'm not sure. But it was a bit of a disaster. <laughs> My first ride under rules was uh, at Fakenham, and the horse's form was one S one S, 
Mm. And uh, that was over hurdles, and it was his first go over fences. And anyway, I was I was a long way clear, uh, but the horse actually fell. Um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a true story. Anyway, I, it, the horse was ultimately okay, but um, he was winded, and I was stuck underneath him. Um, so the St John's ambulance that was then came over, and the uh, St John's ambulance lady very kindly undid my skull cap and took my skull cap off. With that, the horse thrashed out, kicked me in the back of the head, knocked me out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was fine before they helped. Um, and I woke up in, in somewhere in Norfolk in the hospital. And, of course, those days didn't have mobile phones or anything. So mm. I didn't appear back at work for three days. And Captain and everyone else wondered where I was. But there was no search party sent out for me. So I don't, <laughs> they didn't miss me that much. <laughs> well, that was ITV Racing's Luke Harvey there having a, his usual joke about things. But now it's time to ring round and speak to some of our contacts in the racing game. And uh, we're going to start off with Jamie Snowden. And uh, well, Jamie had uh, a little bit of a fright last week when uh, his uh, number two jockey, Paige Fuller, who of course has been on our show several times, uh, unfortunately had a, a nasty mini stroke. Listen to what Jamie has to say. Right, well, good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, I've got to start with what what could have been a, a horrendous tale from last week with uh, with poor Paige. Can you can you enlighten us a little bit as to, to exactly what happened? Yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, but thankfully, thankfully she's okay. But um, yeah, poor girl. She was uh, it, it, not riding one of our horses, but um, she, she she just jumped off in a in a race down at Fontmel. Um She jumped the first fence, but going into the first fence, she she basically had a, a mini stroke. Yeah. Um, and she couldn't she couldn't see um, and and the right side of her body became sort of momentarily paralyzed and and uh, she she had a, a, a mini stroke mid race as it were yeah, yeah. Um, thank, thank, thankfully she managed to pull the horse up and um, we got her off to hospital um, in, into Swindon and yeah. um, she's out of hospital now but what, what, what basically happened is she had a bit of whiplash um, and, and one of her arteries, the, the, she had a tear to the inside of an artery. Yeah. And that, um, and that caused a blood clot to, to, to head up onto the brain and she had a, a, a mini stroke mid-race, basically. Really, um, yeah. But I mean, okay, it, thankfully, she's, she is okay. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've been in contact with her text-wise anyway and uh, she said she's back home now, which was, was good to hear. But, I mean, it must have been bloody frightening. I seem to suddenly be on a horse and suddenly feel like that it must have been awful but um yeah so thank thankfully she she did you know she did manage to pull the horse up and get off as opposed to having a, a nasty accident so yeah, it's um, yeah. yeah not at all and and hopefully no no long-term effects do you think or, or does she has she got to wait and see and get sort of you know opinions um, from doctors I, and whatever yeah she's she's had mri scans and thankfully yeah. that's that that all looks that all looks good but um like all these things it's, it's a head you know it's a head injury and and um You've got to give these things time. So, yeah, um, yeah how how long it takes, God only knows. Mm. So I suppose you're you're a jockey down now, then. We are, yeah, yeah. yeah so well, um, obviously she she was she was our second second jockey. Gav was number one, but um, uh, she's she's had to you know stand down for a moment or two. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try and choose the sort of best available of, of the second jockeys as well. Well, well, well. Should we start talking contracts now? Then I mean, I you know I am available. <laughs> should you need anybody? <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Just what we want. Baby. I mean, uh, what what's the sort of weight you want? What what sort of weight have I got to do? 
<laughs> exactly. I, I, it was probably a long, long time ago since you were 10 stone, Eddie. Uh, I think you're probably right there, Joan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let, let's talk about you've got a few runners lined up. Um, tomorrow night fever. Any good? Yeah, she's um, she, she's uh, she's a summer horse having having her last run of the season. Um, so yeah, she 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 has got a lot of weight to, to carry, which um, she's carrying twelve stone, which is a which is a, a hefty weight to carry for for a little filly. But um, if she can cope with that, then she'd have a chance. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, on Saturday, Kiltelly Briggs. I'm not sure he's going to run because it'll be fast ground at Chepstow. So right, I can imagine yeah. we might wait and, and, and go the following week with him, perhaps. And now this next one, I've got a friend of mine from across the road, and uh, he's he's into horses like I am, uh, and his name's Bob. So what about representing Bob? Any chance? Yeah, he he won three he won three um three on the bounce last season and second on two occasions. Um, he's uh he he's he's back in looking bigger and stronger. He's he's entered up at Hexham. Whether we go up there or whether we wait a few tops the following week um, remains to be seen. But you'd like to hope he can he can uh, get yeah. back on the winning streak again from last season. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, what else we got? Uh, uh, Ebon Ebonella, uh, Ebonella. Ebonella, yeah. She's um, she obviously runs in the uh, Queen Consort's colours, and, and uh, she's entered up at, up at Hexham too. Whether we go there, um, there's a race at Utoxa next week, so it depends. So she she probably found, uh, quite like a bit of bit of rain. So we just we just need a bit of rain, really. Yeah, yeah. But I expect might be a bit of publicity there if uh, if she does run and does win. So. Uh... Look at it that way. It would be, that would be nice. Yeah, but I see King Charles had one yesterday, didn't he? A, a winner somewhere. He had a winner. Yeah, he had a winner at Leicester yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got a, load, a whole load. Three, no, one, two, three, four on Sunday. What about those? Hardy, Hardy Desoy. I think he'll probably run in the Welsh Champion Hurdle, fifty thousand pound Welsh Champion Hurdle. He gets in there off no uh, weight at all. Yeah. Um, and and he he would have a chance. Yeah, it's a, it's a good race. Big first sort of big race. Of the, of the season, as it were, and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, he'd have a half a chance there. Good. And what about Pisgah Pike? Pisgah Pike, he, he he likes the other ground, so I think the rain's coming in the in, in, in the west country. So I should imagine we'll probably wait with him. He might get a Kempton the following week. Mm. Well, I can tell you this morning it absolutely peed down down here. So uh, it's it's stopped now and it's it's sunny now, but it, it really was most of the morning. It looked like it was here for the day. So uh, we have had a bit. That's for certain. So that'll. Well, we certainly could do with that anyway. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, yeah, thank you for coming on the show again, Jamie. We do appreciate it. Uh, please pass my best wishes to to uh, Paige. Um, as I said, I did drop her a text, but I mean, I'm sure she's got far more important things to do than the. Don't, don't sort of, you know, worry about my chances, really. But um, I, yeah. I, I do hope that you know she makes a, a good recovery and things looking more, looking more sort of bright in the in the next few weeks, sort of thing. So there you go. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Eddie. Okay, then, Jamie. Well, thanks for that, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Well, that was Jamie Snowden, and uh, of course, our best wishes to Paige for a speedy recovery, and uh, hopefully, when she's feeling a little bit better. We'll get Paige on and we can have a chat with Now here's a little tip for those of you who have got Amazon Prime on your TVs. There's a series on there being shown at the moment called Horsepower. It's four one-hour episodes all about uh, Andrew Balding and his operation and Oshin Murphy and his trials and tribulations. It's well worth watching. Really, really good show. So if you're into horse racing, you've got to be watching that. Amazon Prime horsepower. Now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing for his weekly Lucky 15 for the injured jockey's phone.
Well, good afternoon, Dave. Um, the flat season is drawing to a close. The jump season is about to start in earnest. What do you make of it all? Yes, it's our time of year, especially if you live down in the southwest like we do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. obviously, we've got Anthony Honeyball, we've got Harry Fry, we've got Colin Tizard, Paul Nichols, just to mention just a few of them, but uh, within a 15 minute drive of uh, Yeovil. So, yeah. uh, it's uh, pretty good for us around here, and uh, we'll be off to Chepstow on Friday and Saturday, so uh, we'll be getting our uh, six of uh, jumpers back in. The unfortunate thing is the ground at the moment, we've still not had enough rain, that's the problem. Hmm. So uh, some of the tracks are getting it, and most of the jump tracks are missing it, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, they watered too much at Huntingdon earlier in the week, and they, they made it like a very soft, topping on the surface and as soon as the horses went through that they was hitting the firm ground underneath so after two races they had to cancel the meeting there yeah. uh, obviously the safety and welfare of the horses and the jockeys is the main thing instead of getting races on for the bookmakers so uh, they did the right thing in uh, calling it off yeah so, absolutely uh, yeah yeah but Chepstow's always looked upon as being the sort of start of it this is this is the this is the meeting that kicks it all off and uh, you know, the big the big boys start coming out, don't they? That's it, yeah. We get the, we get the first batch of the good horses that start showing up, the uh, ones that like the good going, and uh, we come through, and then you see them again at the back end of the season on the, on the main circuit as well. So it's... Uh, it is the time of year, as I say. It's for sea. Well, it's it's billed as a seasonal opener nowadays. The uh, first two days of this Chepstow Festival, so it'd be very good to be over there and uh, get to meet everyone again. That I haven't seen for the last three or four months when the season's been closed off, really. Yeah, there we go. Okay, mate. Well, let's see what you got for us this week then. Yeah, we're going to stick with a lucky fifteen uh, with a view of getting something for the injured jockeys fund. We've uh, got three pound and a penny left in the kitty at the moment. After last week, we had a second, two, two non-runners and uh, a loser. I don't know why we keep getting non-runners. It's uh, very mysterious at the moment because it's not like they don't like the going and that and. Uh, very strange, but we've got four at Chepstow this uh, Saturday, and uh, we're going to kick off with the first one is in the 2.52 race. Uh horse I really liked the look of last year called Sebastopol. It's going to be ridden by Stan Shep and to- trained by Tom Lacey. Now, this fella is in a novice sort of race here, and he's taking on uh, some of the horses which he's got a lot more experience than. Experience than. He's had eight races over the fences, uh, Sebastopol. And his main rival in the race is McFabulous, uh, a really nice horse of Paul Nichols. And McFabulous has never faced a chase fence in a race yet. So I, it's one of them things. I really like McFabulous, but Sebastopol's had eight races over the chase fences and he's, he's done really well so far. So I'm more tempted to take three to one about Sebastopol than I am to take shade of odds on about McFabulous. And... Uh, we're going to stick with that. So we're going to go with Sebastopol in the 252 just because of his experience. But McFabulous is a very nice horse, but the trip's a little bit short for him. But Sebastopol's got his ideal trip, his ideal sort of going, and McFabulous hasn't got everything in his favour. And he certainly hasn't got the experience that Sebastopol has over the fences. So uh, that's the reason we're going with him in the first one. Okay. Moving down to the 327 race, a horse that I really like here, Galahad Quest. Uh, going to be ridden by David Noonan and trained by Jane Williams. 
Uh, he started last season out. He came third in a Class 1 listed uh, chase at Weatherby. And he got beat two lengths behind a horse called Good Boy Bobby. Now, Good Boy Bobby's won about four years in a row his opening race of the season. So he shows the level of form that Galahad Quest run to on his first run last year when he chased Good Boy Bobby home and was only beaten two lengths. Now, he's also been placed in the Grade 3 up at Chelton, and he was fifth in the Coral Trophy at Kempton, which is a very good race to get anywhere near the front in now. And is a horse that I noted down last year that he really improved for having a season out in the field, uh, the summer out in the field, not a season. And uh, I would imagine he's going to come back a very, very different horse to what he was last year. He won a listed race when he was a young horse out in France as well. And he's just tra- he's just changed stables from Nick Williams to Jane Williams, so uh, I would imagine that he'll show up this year very very well. He certainly likes the going, and that would definitely be the main thing on his side there. And he again, his main rival is uh, Paint the Dream. Now Paint the Dream won at Newbury last year, and I think I needed welly boots just to walk around the parade ring that day. So I'm not too sure how Paint the Dream is going to go with. Uh, a going of good to firm and he was a winner in ankle deep mud so I'd very much be very careful of what you're betting there but Galahad Quest will certainly like going he'll certainly like the trip and he certainly goes very well this time of year on his opening race of the season so that's a 327 Galahad Quest OK fine moving down to the 407 uh, one of Paul Nichols's we're going with here Napa's Hill going to be ridden by Harry Cobden and this is one that certainly doesn't like the soft going. He was backed off the boards in no uncertain terms to win a very big race up at Sandown last year on soft going. And he did not go a yard in it. He did not like it at all. And it's one of the only races where he's got a poor line of form, really. He's, he's won a bumper race at Chepstow. He won the Andy Stewart Novice Hurdle at Chepstow on the opening day of the season last year as well. And he's, he's in the Silver Trophy Class 2 race here. Now, his last two runs, he, he won at Newbury and Sandown on uh, good going at the back end of last year, and he won both of them races very, very easily. And he's got another line of form where he run behind John Bond. He was only beaten five lengths in a good class one race up at Ascot there. So he's got the track, he's got the trip, and he's got his ground, and uh, he's one that I think is going to be the banker of the day for me. So that's Napa's heel in the 407. Okay. Last one of our lucky 15 is in the 437, and it's called St. Seagal. Kieran Geffins takes a ride, and again, trained by Jane Williams. Uh, this one's another one that come out of the notebook, and I had him noted down as last season as uh, light-framed and needs, needs a summer out in the field to fill his frame out. But he was very impressive when he was winning up at Bangor on his debut. And then next time out, he came out on the Boxing Day meeting at Chepstow and he run up behind one of Gary Moore's and uh, he runs second. And it was a class one grade one event, so you can't get no higher level than that. And he followed that up with a facile win and then he come out in Fred Winter at Cheltenham. Now, bearing in mind, he'd only faced about 17 or 18 rivals in three races. He was then faced with 21 runners in the Fred Winter. And he just didn't perform that day. I think it, the occasion just got to the horse a little bit. But back in smaller grounds at Chepstow in a smaller field, 
I think you're going to see a very, very big run from this horse, Saints account. And he's priced up in the paper at the moment with no odds from the bookies that are around about 10 to 1. So here's the last leg of our uh, lucky 15 this week, and that's Saints again to make it a double for Jane Williams. So uh, we shall see. Good. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Dave. And uh, let's hope the injured jockeys fund are rolling in it next uh, next weekend anyway. So thanks for that, yeah. and um, we'll speak to you again next week. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and we'll be catching up with him next week. Oh, from Dave Wilson, we switched to Colin Brown up at Lambourne. Good morning, Colin. Where are we today? Back in England? Oh, yes, yes. Back sat at my office desk. Uh-huh. Um, your radio station, I've done a certain other radio station today, which has the name Sport on the end of it. Oh, I know the one you mean. The radio stations. Yeah. Uh-huh. I said, I know the one you mean. Yeah, so yeah, I've been quite busy. Walk the dogs, nice sunny day. Like to be out in the garden, really, but got a bit of homework to do um, as we speak and as, as, as we're speaking to you. Uh, <sighs> because I'm at Chepster on Saturday, Goodwood on Sunday, so busy weekend. Yeah. But there we are. I don't mind. I've got to go um, and have a COVID jab, sir. So there you go. Well, do you not? I don't know whether the listeners will be interested in this, but. Um, you know the this is, I've had three COVID jabs and this I know this one coming up is going to be my fourth. But yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to have one, you know, because I know a lot of people that are just now this sounds a bit morbid, just passed away for no apparent reason. So the poison that they put in our body over three jabs, I'm certainly not going to have another one um, because I think I've probably had enough poison to keep away from getting COVID. Again. Again, I did have it mildly once, but um, well, thanks, really thanks do. for giving me that before I'm going down today. That's really good of you. <laughs> yeah, we well, don't go down. You don't have to have it. <laughs> no, um, I don't, no, I don't have to. It is a choice, but it is true. I know we're on a radio station now, but you know it is true. A friend of mine died the other day, no apparent reason, seventy-three, um, and he's I wouldn't say he's really fit, but he was pretty fit and active and. Love the crack, always going racing. And um, then a friend of mine's sort of boyfriend died, aged 30 for no apparent reason. So I'm not going having any more jabs. I think just eat well and keep a bit of fresh air going and we'll be fine. Right, racing, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, racing, please. Where did we say we were going to start? York. York. I'll give you a winner at York. It runs yeah. in the 205, and it's the Rockingham Stakes. Uh-huh. And it's a horse that um, we were just talking before we went on air about uh, Simon Munir and Isaac Swede. Uh-huh. And it's a horse owned by them. One at Carlisle nicely. Went to Doncaster for the £300,000 two-year-old race and just got n- nodded on the line, got beaten on the line. Uh, called Alpha Capture, it's called. Yeah. It just got done on the line, and that is good form. Um, beaten by a horse called Cold Case, who came out and won the William Hill two-year-old trophy um, 1st of October. So that's real good form. It will win, and it's called... forgotten it now. Alpha, Alpha Capture. Alpha That will win right. at York in the 205. Dead easy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, dead easy. Okay, what's Lehman next? Dead. 
Okay, what's next? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I think next is possibly a double for the uh, yard, um, the Haggis yard. And it's in the 240 at York, the handicap. Um, I think protagonist could win. He was only six at Newmarket last, or 10th, should I say, at Newmarket. But it wasn't the Cambridgeshire handicap. So a real hard one to call, you know, sometimes that sort of race. Yeah. He didn't run a bad race. And um, he raced a far side group. Is probably on the wrong side because he finished second and eight in the group that he was in. So um, I think he'll win uh, also. And that is protagonist in the 240 at York. Okay. Um, right. Let's have a look now. Um, nothing else at York. We're going to move across to uh, Newmarket. And of course, it's the new, new market sales this week. And there's a horse up there. I don't know. Um, I don't know where, where what it looked like, but um, I did see a picture in the paper. It looked pretty nice. Probably and had four legs and then a tail. Four legs and tail in the head. It's yeah. by the mighty Frankel, of course, who signed the winner of the Art of Triumph last weekend. It's by Frankel. It's out of a mare called Do Remy that's owned by Lloyd uh, Lloyd Webbers, and they bred it. And she was a very good mare, Do Remy. Um, so basically, this horse is bred to win a classic, if you like. And for £2.8 million, that's what they paid for it, if it actually wins a classic, it'll be a lot worth a lot of money. So I can see that where they're coming from, and it's uh, you know bought by Godolphin, so money's not a problem. So what about naming the horse or the race, just, just to help us out? No, I don't know what the name of the horse was. I said this was at Newmarket Sales this week, or oh, nearly oh, made, made two point eight million. Yeah, oh, yes, what yes. a lot of money. Yeah, I saw that yeah. in the paper. What, yeah. Did you? Well yeah, done, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you're on the ball, aren't you? Yeah. You're on the ball. Oh, right. I try. Um, right. Next, more winners. More winners is what we want. So yeah. we're, at, we're at Newmarket <laughs> now, are we? Just to make clarify that we are at Newmarket. Newmarket, and going to try and give you a winner. Of the um, well, how could this be a double uh, then for the Haggis Yard if it was Johnny just sold? You're talking. No, no, the double own... for that. No, the double for the Haggis Yard was at York, which we spoke about just now, which was some um, cool capture or whatever it was called, oh, and yeah. right, okay. which which finished uh, which finished about five lengths behind the winner and the um, Cambridgeshire at Newmarket. Then we went on to Newmarket sales listeners. I think I might have to start hosting this programme. Um, <laughs> yeah, pop down. <laughs> pop down the summer set. You can do the job. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're still at Newmarket for the 150 on Saturday. Oh. I quite fancy all it's called Galactic Jack. It won at Goodwood. It was third at Goodwood and it won at Goodwood. Um, and I think uh, it's probably quite a nice horse. The horse that beat at Goodwood did get beaten next time out, but the ground might have been too soft. So, I think it's got an each way chance. Number six in the 150 at Newmarket, um, and it's called Galactic Jack. It's trained by Andrew Balding, ridden by David Prober. Talking of Andrew Balding, have you been watching this program called Home uh, Horsepower on Amazon Prime? How do I get Amazon Prime? Uh, I don't ever watch TV. Well, I would imagine. Have you got Netflix on your telly? 
Yeah. So you've got a fairly unique Absolutely. one. You should you should be able to get Amazon Prime, all right. But you've got to um, uh, okay. you've got to subscribe to it. But it's a it's a brilliant program. It's four four it? yeah four episodes an hour each, and it's really really interesting, really good. Well recommended. Mm, sounds good. I might like. All right. I Horsepower. Horsepower. That's called. Okay. Horsepower. I will look at that. Yeah. Right. Okay. The next winner at Newmarket is called. Um, what race? Epicidus. Two twenty-five. Okay. Number three. Epicidus. Ridden by Frankie. Trained by Gosdens. One last time out with Harley aboard. One very well, nicely bred, and it is owned by a man called George Strawbridge. So that a mare. Actually, I've ridden her quite a few times at home. Thistle Bird. She's called. Used to be trained by Roger Chandler, Lady Rothschild, who sadly died a year or so ago, used to own her. But it's bred some good winners. Um, and I think this will win. It's called Epictetus. Epictetus. Okay. Number three, 225 at Newmarket. Right. Hope Mary's walk, you know, writing all these down because Mary had a lovely birthday this week. Oh, happy uh, birthday, Mary. Yeah, yeah. She had a great birthday, and she had a nice, a lovely daughter. She took her out someplace that then she got surrounded by parrots, and then they were all landing on her, and all beautifully coloured parrots on her. Okay. And then she was off out at lunch and a few gin and tonics, a few bottles of champagne, yeah. another little outing with one of her lovely daughters. Uh -huh. um, so she's been out and about this week. Yeah. So um, she'll be settling into the racing for the weekend, I suppose, having had a bit of a sort of birthday party weekend last weekend. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, is there? When's your birthday, by the way? March, 28th of March. I'll send you a nice card if you're still oh. about. Oh, okay. Uh, right. <laughs> 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 might, might get one in the post tomorrow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Probably knowing <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> the Dewhurst Stakes at Newmarket is a cracking race, um, the three o'clock. Um, what wins it? Well, we've got Nostrum from Sir Michael Stoutshire that's won two for the same owner, Judmont, um, and has won really well. Uh, one of them just the other day, but a, a group three race first time out. Hacked up. And the other horse in the race is a horse called Chaldine that we've tipped up a few times, which, apart from first time out, has been unbeaten and hacked up last time out in the Champagne Stakes at Newmarket. And the other one, which is the main danger, is a horse called Naval Power. That one at Royal Ascot uh, won the um, no, it actually didn't win the Royal Ascot, but it won a listed race at Ascot, and then, gosh, it's got such good form. It won at Haydock last time out, and that was another listed race. So, what wins it? Do you know? I think probably Chaldine will win it. Frankie rides it. Um, I think it's a really good horse for uh, Andrew Boarding. So, Chaldine in the three o'clock at Newmarket. I've got, I got to mention the fact, though, what have we got? We've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven runners, right, for a 299,000 prize fund. I mean, what's yeah. the matter? Well, they keep moaning about it, but, I mean, where's all the horses? Why don't they have, you know, 20 runners in it? Because you could, you know, it's, oh, I don't know, I, don't, I get fed up with it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, isn't it? But anyway, it, there you go. It is just crazy. Yeah. It is just madness. It yeah. really is. There we are. Next winner on the card runs at, I'm really confident this week. I think we'll have a few winners. Yeah. Um, it's called Desert Order, not Orchid. Desert Order. 
in the 4.15 at Newmarket. I watched it at York the other day. It beat Glen Finian quite nicely. Time before that was only just beaten at Sandown Park by a nice horse of Gosden's called Arrest, who's won since. So I think this will win today. Um, and it's called Desert Order. Okay, righty-ho. 4.15. Got so it. all sounds dead easy. Now, talking about runners, down at Chepstow on Saturday, there's not many runners because the ground's been on the blooming far side, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, But there is very good racing down there, and I'm sure we'll find your lovely listeners a winner or two. Okay. I'm down there looking after a few of the sponsors. Um, and the first race on the card... We'll probably go to a horse called Roly Poly, but um, it's a horse that's been in, in good form uh, winning, but it's got some pretty severe penalties to carry to beat, maybe a couple of these. But um, I think it's I think it's quite a quite a competitive little race. But um, anyhow, Roly Poly might give away the penalties. I'm not sure but, that it's got, but it has been winning really easily. But I mean, I don't think it's a betting race. One forty two. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to tell the listeners that that is a bet. Okay. Um, um, we're going to move, though, across to the uh, across to the 217. It's the Native River Chase. And I, there's a horse come over from Ireland here that obviously wants a bit of fast ground called Peregrine Run. And I think that can, um, I think that can win. Peregrine Run, uh, number one. It is a 12-year-old, but I tell you what, it's got some real good form. He's obviously brought it over, not for the benefit of health, because he fancies it to win. Then we've got the Dunraven Windows Novice Chase at 2.52, where Paul Nichols runs a horse called McHebulous, who's a pretty smart animal uh, in his own right. And uh, he is a winner. He won at Sandown in April when the ground was pretty good before that. He was third to Epitaph at some um, Aintrees, fourth to Paisley Park at Cheltenham, time for that. I mean, he's got good form, and he probably jumps for fun, and I'd say he'd probably win. Number one, but fabulous in the 2.52 down there at Chepstow. Okay. Um, a couple more small fields. That, that roly-poly, you know, that, that, that could be a good nickname for you, really, couldn't it? Roly-poly. I think it'd be... I think it would be more of a nickname for you, to be perfectly honest. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Open to debate, though, I suspect. But, uh, we'll Open see. to <coughs> debate. Yeah, yeah. Now. Where are we now? 327. Um, I think we're going to go to the 402, to be honest. I trust you'd You're be not difficult. Fit. Yeah, right, OK. Yeah, I'll right. be difficult. Um, <coughs> there's, a horse run, there's a horse running. I'd like to ride him myself, because I thought everybody who rides him gives him too much to do. And he doesn't pull, but they drop him in and then come from Timbuktu to try and win with him. He's fit because he's had a run on the flat not that long ago. And he's called, did, did they leave it to you? Yeah. Did they leave you out too, rather? Did they leave you out too? I think this can win. I'd love to tell the jockey how to ride it. He wants to sit about sixth, seventh down the inner, creep along and be about third, two out, and take it up at the last. They always give it too much to do, and it gets beat. Only just beat, but, so he hadn't had any respite from the handicapper. But I think this will win. Did they leave you out too at score in the 4.02? Uh, are uh, you listening, Niall, here I am? 
the great man has told you how to ride it. So hang yeah. in there, Niall. <laughs> Make sure yeah, you're listening. You're listening. <laughs> exactly. Concentrate a little bit. Concentrate yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Now, in the 437, there's two horses I quite like here. One's called Mot, um, Mot Hill that won at Fogwell the other day. The other one's called Winter Watch that was second um, at Chepstow the other day. They hung right across the track, but it's not a bad sort. And um, I would say it's got a fair chance of winning today. I'm going to call it the forecast, number eight and nine in the 437 at Chepstow. So 437 at Chepstow, number eight and number nine. They are my picks uh, to finish first. And second, put them in a reverse exactor. That's what I reckon. Right. Now, one more selection here. It's nicely bred. It's trained by Nichols. It's related to plenty of winners, um, including that good hurdle of Jason Burton Port. Um, and it runs in the famous colours of Denman, so it's owned by Paul Barber. Um, and it's called Pentire Head in the 512 down at Chepstow. Pentire Head, 512 Chepstow. Okay, okay. You know, it's noticeable. Um, I haven't, didn't, couldn't get hold of him yesterday, but Joe Tissard was talking. I mean, initially I was talking to him, and you know, we were both looking forward to Chepstow because he was going to have a few runners out. I know Lost in Translation yeah. was one of them. But I see that yeah. there's there's nothing from the Tizard camp at all. So obviously they're worried about the going still. Well, look how dry it is. I mean, it's amazing how dry it is everywhere. It's just yeah. incredible. Yeah, it really is. Um, I've never known a spell like it. You know, I walked my dogs this morning in an old pair of pimpsos and walked through grass across a couple of fields. And, you know, it's as dry as oh, we've had a few heavy showers here and there, but basically it's as dry as a blooming bone. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Well, anyway, but uh, you'll be there, so you'll be... Uh, well, the Plimsolls be with you, that's the point, you know. No, no, I shall have smart shoes on tomorrow, don't worry about that. Are you sure about oh, this? Because, I mean, you know, there's, oh. a, there's a film, isn't it, where may the Plimsolls be with you, or is it the Force be with you? I'm not sure, but... Uh, I'm not sure. It could be uh, Plimsolls, couldn't it? Could be, yeah, all the four. I don't know. I don't know. There we go. So, there we go then, Colin. And you've got there, uh, what have you got? One, two, three, six there... 10, 12 horses there, so so 12 out of 12 would be nice. 12 out of 12 would be nice, but I reckon we'll have 6 out of 12. You reckon, do you? What yeah. you want to do is have a little, have a 12 timer, have a 10p and do doubles and trebles, just for 10p, 5p, something like that. Doesn't cost much money just to do that. And if you happen to get on the right ones, then they win, um, come to a lot of money. Good, okay, we could all do with it. Right then. Well, thank Absolutely. you very much for that, Absolutely. sir. You're a star. Um, yeah, nice to speak to you. Nice to speak to you and all you listeners and Mary and everybody. Hope you're all having a lovely weekend. Have yeah. a lovely weekend and we'll uh, catch up really soon. Okay, mate. Nice to talk to you again. Take it easy. That's Colin Brown on his way down to Chepstow for today's meeting and, of course, tomorrow's meeting. But we're off to Gloucestershire to catch up with Richard Phillips and his assessment of tomorrow's racing. Oh. Richard, how are you? Not too bad at all, Adrian, thank you. Busy day tomorrow, Cesarowicz, Dewhurst, start of the jump racing season. What have you got for us? Absolutely. Well, um, yes, there is jump racing at Chepstow, but um, I think we've still got to concentrate on the flat because tomorrow 
you've got the Dewhurst Stakes, which is always a very important race for the Classics for next year, and the Nostrum is favourite along with Chaldean. Nostrum, trained by Sir Michael Stout, uh, very impressive last time out in the Somerville Stakes uh, at uh, Newmarket, and Chaldean uh, has been impressive his last two wins, one at York and one at Doncaster. Uh, Chaldean, uh, trained by Andrew Balding and ridden by um, Frankie Dettori. Nostrum and Ryan Moore on board. I know that Ryan Moore thinks the world of Nostrum. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating race. We've also got Aesop's Fable in there from Aidan O'Brien. We've got uh, Naval Power from the Charlie Appleby camp, the Dolphin. It's going to be a fascinating race. Um, and we're going to see if Nostrum's as good as they think he is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But... Uh... Uh, your friend, Mr. Brown, he thinks Chaldean's nailed on, so it'd be an interesting contest then, won't it? Um, yeah, I mean, Chaldean's form's standing up really well. Um, he's been beat, and, um, yeah, he, he will be a hard nut to crack, um, I'm sure, but uh, they do think a lot of them, and Sir Michael Stout would um, obviously know how to prepare a good horse for the Dewhurst, so uh, it's going to be a fascinating, not one to have a bet in, just one to watch, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for of course, a, we've got Mr. Barrowitch as well. Yeah, before you, before you move on from the uh, the Dewhurst, not many runners for a huge, great purse. I mean, it, it's just a second, I know we've spoken about this before, but it, it does seem amazing that, uh, that the fields are so small. Well, not really, because there's only so many horses, aren't there? These are the best two-year-olds for Group 1, um, taking on Godolphin, Judmont. You know, it's very difficult. Um, yeah. And Coolmore, they've all represented. The outside of the lot, Royal Scotsman, 25-1 shot, I think, runner-up at Royal Ascot and the winner at Goodwood, very impressively. I mean, he's a 25-1 shot, Paul Coles. And, yeah. Uh, Paul and um, Ollie Cole, and basically, um, he's a good horse, but he's a 25 to 1 shot. So, you know, not many runners, but they're quality runners. And if mm. people thought they'd take them on, but they haven't. They're up against the millions and millions and millions of pounds which were invested by yeah. Coolmore, Dolphin, and Judmont. And that's been showing up in the sales this week. Yeah. Book one of the Tussle sales, uh, you know, millions, absolute millions of pounds. Horses fetching two and a half million quid by Frankel or by Dubari. Yeah, and yeah. You, and it, it's not British money, it's uh, overseas money, most of it. Mm, absolutely. But it, it, it's a huge industry and it's very difficult to compete at that level, but they are trying to win the Dewhurst, so Group One, and um, all the big powerhouses are there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should see tomorrow, that's for certain. But uh, And also, I mean, on that tack, I mean, you know, we're not doing jump racing, but even even Chepstar, I mean, the, the fields are way down, but I suppose that's probably because of the going rather than anything yes, else. Yes, it's been a very dry um, summer, as we know, and Ludlow was off this week, Exeter was off this week. They simply can't get the water on to, to the, you know, the water table's not high enough to get the water on to make it safe ground. Yeah. And, um, they're doing their best, these tracks, but they really have been months and months and months without rain. Yeah. It's going to take a lot to turn it around. Yeah, quite. Oh, well, we'll move on. Anyway, this is our wish. Yeah, it was a great race. Two mile two. Interesting, it doesn't have a full field. Normally it does. But again, there aren't that many horses that can compete at this sort of level yeah. with a chance. So I think 23 runners, something like that. Mm. Um, the favourite is a horse with no name. Uh, trained by Nicky Henderson, and I always say the best tip in a, a staying handicap on the flat is to look for jump trainers. They train horses to be 
uh, a bit fitter than the flat trainers a lot of the time, especially in staying handicaps. Uh, they've got a different style of training. They probably do a bit more with them. And I would say that any jumps trainer with a horse running in these big handicaps over two miles plus, always look for them. And Nicky Henderson has a great record in such races and a horse with no name has won at Newbury earlier in the year and also is a winner at York and uh, is win by Ryan Moore again and also is second at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. Uh, used to be trained by Brian Ellison and um, and now is a, a jumper and uh, a flat horse of, of some talent and also no name is the favourite. There's also a bit of money for horse called Gibraltar who's uh, a half brother to a horse called Redition, which is a very decent hurdle of Alan King's a few years ago. And Gibraltar, now with Willie Mullins, has been progressing away and always looked as though he wanted a trip. And so Gibraltar's a 12-1 shot. He's got an each-way chance as well. But as ever, uh, it's the sort of race that makes bookmakers rich. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And, of course, tragedy struck because poor David Pipes lost his adagio yesterday. Yes. I mean, I, I spoke to the pipe camp yesterday and he was just having a routine canter and statistically sadly when equine athletes um, inevitably I'm afraid because of thousands of thousands of horses been training doing exercise each morning like human beings some will just drop and mm. uh, daddy had a, he had a heart attack and, um, and was unable to um, you know be saved obviously because he just dropped and um, rather like marathons you know fit and healthy people fit and healthy horses can just um sometimes not survive that sort of uh, exercise and as i say he was just doing a routine canter and he was favorite for the Zarich, very good hurdler as well very sad very yeah, sad it is. um so go back to the race then what what are you putting your money on or aren't you <laughs> i think gibraltar is an interesting runner he's got in there um off a reasonable mark he seems to be improving for a step up in trip um so gibraltar for me would probably be my each way bet and once again great racing to look forward to uh this weekend so yeah. the flat racing goes on and let's have jump season gets a bit of rain soon and of course we've got champions day coming up fairly shortly is it next week yeah lots to look forward to yeah. lots to look by going there and so um again you know it, it's gonna the jump, uh, flat season always ends in a crescendo. Of course, it's a brilliant win of Alpinista in the art for Sir Mark Prescott last last Sunday. Um, a fantastically popular success. It's been a cracking flat season, and it goes on and on and doesn't end till the end, you know, beginning of November. So, still yeah. lots to look forward to. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Richard. And finally, this week on this week's show, we catch up with Simon Holt from the Sporting Life. Well, good morning, Simon. Back from Grey Paris and back to the Dewhurst and the Cesarewitch, then. Yes, we have uh, the big day at Newmarket on Saturday, as uh, so is the big betting races, the Club Godolphin Cesarewitch Handicap, which is uh, two and a quarter miles. A smaller field than usual. Uh, again, a sign of the times, just 22 runners. I know that sounds like a lot, but um, there can be a lot more in this race in most seasons. So another sign that the field sizes are just shrinking a little bit. Mm. Um, pretty open race. There's a, there's a couple of um, potentially well-handicapped horses, I think. A horse with no name trained by Nicky Henderson uh, has already won a couple of times this season, had some fair form over hurdles as well, and uh, has been freshened up and I think probably aimed at this race. She's quite a decent mare. 
and Nicky Henderson has a good record in the Cesar, which, of course, he won it last year with Buzz. That's an interesting runner, just about the uh, uh, one of the favourites. The other, the other one that's disputing favouritism is the Charles Burns-trained run for Oscar. Now, Charles Burns, Irish trainer, renowned for being very shrewd, and uh, he found a good opportunity for run for Oscar at Haydock in early August, and the horse ran out a very easy winner that day by four lengths over two miles. The handicapper has put him up a bit. He's put him up uh, nine pounds for that success. But uh, this is a horse that's got some pretty decent form generally, not just on the flat, but over hurdles as well. And again, I think like a horse with no name, he will have been laid out for a crack at the Cesarewich. The one I'm going to go for is an improving horse and, it, and quite a topically bred horse. Uh, number 15, Evaluation, trained by Keith Dalgleish. And this horse was bred by Her Majesty the Queen. He's a beautifully bred horse by Dubawi out of the Queen's Gold Cup winner, Estimate. And so he's obviously bred for uh, a lot of stamina. And he started life with Sir Michael Stout and was obviously a little bit of a slow burner, I suppose. But since joining Keith Dalgleish, at the beginning of this season, he won his first four races uh, on the trot at Weatherby, Ripon, York and Musselburgh. Uh, then was fourth, running well again under a big weight on the all-weather at Newcastle. And then he was given a couple of months off and ran a very good second at Sandown uh, at the end of August, beating a nose there over a mile and six, whereas I think probably at least two miles is the trip for him and being out of estimate that that would be no surprise because obviously she stayed the two and a half miles in the gold cup so i just think that this horse again like the aforementioned pair has probably been trained for the race and uh, i thought he represented a bit of value and there's no telling how much more he may improve he's really on the up and david pipe though has had a bit of a disaster hasn't he um tragedy with his horse uh Adagio, is it has died with a um, heart attack well, Adagio, we perhaps knew better as a, a very useful hurdler, uh, mm. one of the better hurdlers this side of the Irish Sea, and uh, he was set to run in the Cesarewitch off a very lenient uh, handicap rating, and this had obviously been uh, uh, decided by David Pipe that they could exploit this, and um, I suspect it was probably the horse's last workout before the race. Yeah. And tragedy um, occurred. It was such a shame. I thought he was a lovely horse, Adagio. Mm, yeah. I always followed him and thought he ran very bravely over hurdles. And, uh, you know, he would have been uh, very well handicapped and he'd been very well backed in the anti-post market uh, in the run-up to Saturday's race. So very mm. sad, very sad uh, thing that's happened to Adagio. And, and talking just slightly off, off the beam uh, in terms of the race, I've got to mention it. What, what did you make of the uh, the incident, should we call it, with um, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Sumion, is it? The 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 oh, You're referring to Christoph Sumion at San Flu yeah. just yeah. a couple of days before the arc. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, some would say that was race riding, but there was definitely an elbow there, wasn't there? Yeah. He tried to um, get some space, and I don't. Obviously, he had no intention. He 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 never thought that he would. Um, that that action would result in Ross Ryan uh, being unseated from his horse. I'm sure that wasn't um, the plan at all. He was just basically trying to create a little bit of room. But the fact is, Ross Ryan did come off his horse and could have been badly injured. Yeah. So it was a dangerous piece of riding. And uh, he's got two months 
a two-month ban for it. So I don't think he can have any complaints with that, particularly as he was still allowed to run, to ride at the art meeting, whereas quite a few people were saying that he should have had an instant ban. Yeah. He's lost his um, retainer with the Aga Khan. They may well still use him, though. I mean, he is a top-class rider, but he's always been a little bit controversial, Christoph Subio, um, bit of a maverick, but a, a brilliant rider. Yeah. It was a sorry incident. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, and as you say, I mean, Russell Ryan could have come off really badly out of that. I mean, the way he came off, it was horrendous looking at it. But um, Yes, well, they're going at a good old pace on the flat, aren't they? Yeah. A long way from the finish of St. I don't know quite why he was uh, so intent on uh, getting a better position at that stage of the race. It was some way from home, and it's a very stiff track, uphill all the way to the, to the winning post. So it seemed a bit premature that he... He, he must have been irritated a little bit. Maybe Ross Ryan was deliberately sort of holding him in. Yeah. And um, he might have just lost his temper a little bit, lost patience with it. But uh, it resulted in a, a nasty incident. And, uh, of course, it could have been a whole lot more serious for Sumion if Ross Ryan had uh, been injured or worse, you know. So uh, yeah. uh, he, the uh, French authorities had to clamp down on him. But there was nothing in their rules which said that um, he could be banned immediately because you have to give... Um, the rider an opportunity for an appeal right. and so right. he was able to ride at the art weekend uh, it's probably come at a good time of the year for Sumion as well with the the main body of the flat season in France now run uh, he probably could have ridden internationally in yeah. uh, November and December but um, overall you know he's 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 ridden in most of the uh, top group races in France this season and there aren't too many left now but it's cost him a few, Bob, obviously losing his retainer to the Aga Khan, I should think. Yes, but I don't imagine that he's, he's short of a few quid. No, um, no. French jockeys, uh, because of the prize money in France, uh, they, they tend to earn a lot more than their British counterparts, British and Irish counterparts. Yeah. The uh, prize money is so far ahead of, um, certainly in Britain. Well, the, the reason for this is the return from the respective governments in this country. The government returns only 0.6% of the betting revenues that the Treasury mm. um, receives back into the sport. I think it's something like 1.5 in Ireland. But in France, from all those parimutuel bets, 8.6% goes mm. back into the sport. Yeah. And that's why the prize money is so much better in France. And uh, obviously, if the jockeys are getting their percentage, as they do here for winning, um, or getting a place money, then um, they can earn a lot of money. And most of the French, the top French jockeys, um, yeah. are extremely well off. OK, well, that was it then. I'll go over to France and just lose a few pounds and get up on the holes. That's right. <laughs> get, get, get working on it, eh? Yeah, you know, yeah, only yeah. a few stones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about 50% of my body weight, I should think. But anyway. <laughs> it's um, never too late. Nah. <laughs> um, the Dewhurst tomorrow as well. What sort of a race do you see coming from that? Yes, well, this is our premier two-year-old race in Britain, the Darley Dewhurst Stakes, Group 1, over seven furlongs. Quite often the winner of this is immediately installed as favourite for the 2,000 guineas. And it's a good race. Sir Michael Stout's uh, Colt Nostrum has been very impressive in a couple of starts so far. He's uh, by Kingman out of a good mare called Mirror Lake, who was trained by um, Amanda Perrett. And uh, he won at Sandown in uh, fluent fashion first time out, and then he beat uh, that decent horse, Holloway Boy, 
uh, in the uh, Group 3 uh, Somerville Tassel Stakes. There were only four runners um, last time out. And uh, so he hasn't put a foot wrong so far. It's a relatively quick turnaround, two weeks since the uh, Tassel Stakes. But uh, after that race, Michael Stout said that he hoped that he could get another run into Nostrum, uh, as much for experience, but also because, you know, the Dewhurst looks um, a good opportunity. He's the 11-8 to favourite, or thereabouts, to maintain his unbeaten record. He's up against another uh, couple of unbeaten horses, Naval Power, who's done nothing wrong for Godolphin, probably just stepping up in class slightly here, but was uh, uh, particularly impressive, I thought. I think that was at Haydock last time out, uh, it was. He won a listed race there, but this is a, a Group 1, so he's moving up from listed company to a Group 1 naval power, but very highly regarded. And, of course, the Godolphin two-year-olds have been on fire most of the year. Isaac Shelby is unbeaten in two, probably has a little bit to find, hasn't run since winning at the July meeting. And Chaldean has won his last three starts, including a, a very small field again last time out, in the uh, Champagne Stakes at uh, Doncaster, but he hasn't done too much wrong either. Aidan O'Brien has just got uh, the one runner, Ryan Moore, in the saddle, and that's Aesop's Fables, who looked very good when winning his first two starts, but was, uh, I suppose, a shade disappointing when odds on and only fourth behind um, Al Riffer in the National Stakes at the uh, Curra last time out, so perhaps he needs to uh, bounce back from that effort. So you're you're going to put your money on what Nostrum? Well, I've been very impressed with Nostrum, but it's not exactly a a value bet at uh, around eleven to eight. But uh, yeah. off the field, I think he's the one that's shown the most ability, and um, there's every opportunity, every possibility. I think that he's going to improve for that latest win, uh, which after all was over the course and distance, and that's a big plus as well. He's the only course and distance winner, and of course, at Newmarket on the Roly Mile course. They do have to negotiate that devilish dip uh, if they run down towards the final furlong, and that can really unbalance horses, particularly inexperienced horses. And the fact that Nostrum has already won on the course, and indeed over the trip, I think that does uh, offer a big advantage. Okay, Simon, thank you very much for that. We will see, won't we, uh, tomorrow? We will indeed. Yeah. Okay, sir, well, thank you very much for joining us again, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much, Simon. Okay, Andy, all the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the show. Don't forget Horsepower on Amazon Prime. Brilliant TV series. Four one-hour episodes, and it's well worth watching. And on that note, I'm going to say thank you very much for listening. Please join us again next week when, of course, we should be looking at Champions Day at Ascot. And uh, that's going to be a pretty, pretty big affair, that's for sure. So thanks for joining us. Join us again next week, same time, same station. Bye for now.